1: Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chapel.
0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Jason Ellis. Jason is a radio host with uh with he was a radio host with Sirius XM for 15 years. Uh lots of people that were tuning into his show. Before that he was a professional skateboarder. Uh, he's done some some professional mixed martial arts fighting. Just a really really interesting person that's done a lot of interesting things in his life and I was stoked to bring him on the show because uh I like a little bit of the stuff that they do over at the Jason Ellis show, which is the show that he had on Sirius XM for 15 years, really. And then they rebooted it after Sirius got rid of the show. They rebooted it now as a podcast. And so I figured we'd bring him on the show and help promote his podcast and send him some love a little bit from the Builder Network family. So this is going to be a really unique interview. So if you are new to the show and you're here purely for networking advice and personal development and things like that, then just understand this is a little bit different of an interview. In this particular conversation, we're kind of all over the map and talking about Jason and his life and the unique experience that he's been able to bring into his professional career. And then if you're somebody that does not like to hear cursing, because you know we don't typically do a lot of cursing here on the show, but this episode does have a lot of that in there. And that's just really a part of of who he is. And I know it doesn't bother most of you. It doesn't bother me very, it doesn't bother me at all either. But for those of you who it does, you may want to check out another episode because I just am not a big fan of censoring people in general, but especially when, when it's someone like Jason, who this is just really a part of who he is. So be sure to head over to whatever podcast app you're listening in right now and look up the Jason Ellis Show. And Hit that subscribe button, show them some love, and enjoy my conversation here on Build Your Network with the one and only Jason Ellis. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm super stoked to be sitting down with the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Ellis. What's up, Jason? Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I want to dive straight into a little bit about your story, build some context here for those listening who may not know who you are. I want to rewind the clock. Talk to me about Let's say like 12-year-old Jason, You know, what was life looking like for you? You know, Family life, what were your parents up to, culture that you grew up in, all that kind of stuff.
2: Well, 12, what was 12? 12 was um, school. I think it was already pretty apparent that I wasn't doing well at school. Wasn't the most social person. I'm not sure if I was diagnosed with dyslexia at the time, but it was about to happen. And uh, getting in fights at school, getting expelled from schools,
0: so you really liked school.
2: Yes. No, school for the longest time after I, when I got older, which like in my 20s, schools used to give me a panic attack if I walked past them after yeah. many years after I'd been to any school. I fucking hate school.
0: I mean, that story tells it all right there, bro. I mean, that kind of uh, kind of tells you exactly all you need to know about why you hate school. So <laughs> did you at that point kind of find solace? in skateboarding
2: yeah i feel like um with every moment that i uh, that i had was just the th- was once i found skateboarding which was thank god from school people at school t- i got into it through there so there wasn't a, ho- a total loss but from the start i as soon as i got into skateboarding all i thought about was skateboarding on the lowest level yeah. i was thinking about it more than than people at the highest level i think so once yeah. that happened, then I already I think pretty quick I'd already figured out that Americans did it for a living, and then that I was going to be the first Australian to ever be a professional skateboarder.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I mean, this is what like like nine early nineteen eighties or something like that when you're kind of middle school, high school age.
2: Yeah, because I got I got uh, let down and I got expelled, and then my my father was just like, "Why don't you you should just get a job? You're obviously wasting your fucking time." <laughs> And that's when I started working, I think at a supermarket and I'd been getting better at skateboarding. I think I might've got a sponsor from a surf shop or something that was near the supermarket. But that's when I told my father and my mother to meet me at a at a pub because they don't hang out with each other. And I presented to them that if they supported me for the next six months, I would be a pro skateboarder.
0: And how did that go?
2: I was off by like five and a half years.
0: Five and a half years.
2: Yeah, so for the, but they didn't let me, they didn't, like I worked and lived there rent free. I never got charged rent, but I lived there for, you know, because I went to America and skateboarding wasn't popular. So I was, the first time I went there, I was already top 20 in the world by the time I got there when I was 17. But skateboarding was, there was no money in it. So if you weren't like top 10. So then for the first three years I went there, there was really... You know, skateboarding vert, because I'm a vert skateboarder. The ramps were uncool, and skateboarding was not a big money-making machine. So there was really no money in... It's sad, because it happens... I think it's happening again right now. I think there's a lot of vert skaters now that are at the highest level, doing the craziest shit, and they have a normal job as well, which... Really? I, I fucking hate that, man. Yeah, Just why, know why do you
0: think that is?
2: Because... It's been washed out, and 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 like the media doesn't bite on it. And when there was a piece of it, they made it uncool and they turned it into a, a monster energy commercial. And the kids don't care about that. Like it's, it's supposed to be an art form. It's supposed to be, a passion. And when yeah. it came to vert skateboarding, the only people that would like nobody spawned skateboard companies don't take care of vert skateboarders. Only they only live off mountain dew checks. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking an yeah. insult. You know what I mean like the, and and then if you look at all the magazines or videos now, it's always been the way where they don't show vert parts. Vert vert is like this weird side thing where Oh yeah, I guess I guess you got to have those guys, which is I can tell now that skateboarding is just one whole thing again, almost, but definitely a lot there's people out there that can just ride everything. But it is funny. It seems to me like when you put pads on and you start doing, you know, uh, 20 foot backside airs on a mega ramp, you're fucking uncool. And I'm like, am I uncool? Because according yeah. to the real, to me, I'm the warlord and you're the bitch. Like, oh, you're gonna roll your ankle? I'm talking death over here. So who's uncool? <laughs> like last time I checked, the fearless fucking warlord that does the most speed, the highest, the most power, he's the coolest. I know we're living in this weird fucking nerd world where everybody else is supposed to run it, but that ain't the fucking case in skateboarding. It's
0: not. Yeah, that's 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 hilarious. And th- that's funny that it's that way because I'm not a skateboarder, but that's what I like to see whenever I watch the X Games or whatever. Like, I like to see the big air. I want I, You want to see the big risk, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. that's, that's who's taking the big risk, right?
2: Yeah, I thought it was pretty plain, but I also feel like, you know, it was presented in a jock – Meant like uh, you know mainstream sports fashion, and that's that's you know that's the problem. Yeah, you're halfway there. You get there, and then someone goes, "That's this is great," but you know what you need? A bunch of fucking bullshit artists talking over the top of you the whole time that have never fucking seen a skateboarder in their lives. Like, no offense, but some of the people that were talking, like, I don't care if you're a girl or a guy, just skate, just skate yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Don't be cute. Don't fucking be like, hey, fucking TV and shit, like GoPro. No, know your shit. Know yeah. the people on the fucking ramp. Know what it's like to eat shit and, and, yeah. and cheat death. Otherwise, you don't really know what you're asking.
0: Yeah, that's honestly something I really respect about you, man. I was listening to an episode of your show recently. Uh, I think it was the one with Dr. Drew, possibly. But you, you I think you guys were talking about how you were thinking about getting into announcing for like UFC or, or MMA fights and stuff. And I, I thought it was interesting because you you obviously have taken a couple professional fights and this is something that you have actually done at a really high level. And you were still talking about how you wanted to learn more about it before you were able to do those kind of commentating type roles because because of that, because of the respect that you have for people that are operating on a really high level at whatever it is that they're doing. And the fact that you don't want to just come in there and, and be some guy that's talking about fighting after just doing it for a little bit of time.
2: Well, if you're, if you're an ESPN announcer for X games, you care about you being on television and you getting paid for whatever t-shirt you've got on while you're getting paid by ESPN. Right. When if you hire me for X games, I'm thinking about how do I make this look even better than it already is? Like when it's not skateboarding and they throw to me, how do I make this worth? Like, how do I like, oh man, that guy's fucking funny. I really like this. I won't change the channel. I'll, you know what I mean? I'll wait and I'll learn more about this sport because everybody involved is very entertaining and, and they're all thinking about, cause to me it's like, I can't skateboard that good anymore. But if I was an announcer for X games for, you know, or 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 big air, would I make it more likely that you didn't change the channel when it was going in between or it was or it was an interview with the with the winner or the loser? Yeah, yeah, way more. I fucking know everybody. like it's just not like, yeah, you scored a seventy five now what are you thinking? What the fuck is that? Why does anybody ever say that? What fucking world are you on? Who gives a fuck? Like, what are you going to do next? Oh, do something else to get me a higher score? Like, wow, riveting shit. Thank yeah. God you asked
0: him that. <laughs> it's just because they literally don't have anything else to add to the conversation, so they got to just say cause that. because
2: I've worked for them. That's the other reason I don't anymore. It's is because somebody is <laughs> got a fucking ear. She's got an earpiece in, and someone in the fucking van is telling her to say that. That's why I quit because I was – somebody in my ear said, hey, man, tell Bucky he's got a 75, and I was like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> and so I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, who the fuck is – somebody in my ear is telling me what to say to Bucky, you hired me. Get the guy in the van to ask it. Like it was yeah. so insane, but they don't – you think they've changed? No fucking way they've changed. They. I guarantee you – Winter X Games that happened this weekend. That girl's got a fucking bullshit. I've got no brain. I'm a fucking moron. How many likes did I get on Instagram? Like fuck off.
0: Oh man, but they probably did get a ton of likes on Instagram though. That's the uh, that's the only crappy part about it. Yeah,
2: maybe GoPro will send you a camera. You know, like keep going, <laughs> baby.
0: Cross your fingers. Yeah. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. So after skateboarding, you, you, you've done so many things, man, and you've done them all at a really high level. And again, I, I got a lot of respect for you for for doing it that way. And, and I, I got a lot of respect for anybody who's willing to pursue the thing that they think is going to bring them more fulfillment and happiness in life. And regardless of what that path might be, obviously yours was unconventional to leave Australia at 17 to come to America, to do skateboarding professionally, which to your point at the time was still in its infancy, even um, comparatively to what it is today. Uh, And then going into, you know, the fighting that you did, and then you you went into radio. I mean, there's so many things that that you jumped into. So, so I want to touch on the, the transition to getting onto radio and uh and how that went for you why why you felt like the medium was something that was cool for you and then how that initial deal was structured and, and what you got what, what got you into that in the first place
2: tony Hall got me into it tony Hall got off at a show on sirius xm and tony said that he thought his friend jason ellis would be a funny guy on the radio and he also recommended to them that i would be a good radio guy in general I did not know this. And then so it was myself, Tony Hawk and Jesse Fritch. And we did the show once a week and Tony paid us directly. And then the first show that I did when all the executives from New York came down to watch the the show start, they were all freaking out about my abilities or something. I don't even I couldn't really it was hard for me to understand. I knew what was happening. But I couldn't understand why would that would be a big deal. Like, of course, I can talk. Who gives a shit? Sure. But yeah. it immediately seemed like a big deal. It immediately seemed like maybe this is something that I have a calling to because I definitely did not have a calling to skateboarding. I was the worst person on a skateboard out of all my friends. So that, after all the skateboarding that I'd done in my life, and for that to show up, and, and it was – at the end of my skateboard i definitely wasn't getting any better i was getting older and to have this feeling where i was like wait a minute i could be way better at this than skateboarding and that that would be crazy and i knew howard stern and i just thought wow this could be my big break because i thought for sure i was just going to be packing boxes Mm, uh, at skateboarding warehouses for the rest of my days and then uh and I went for it, man. That's when I, I remember telling, you know, Kevin Stab and all these other skateboard people, like, man, I guess this is it. Like, I'm going to uh, move to L.A. to to be a, a DJ. And then that was my hustle every day. All I thought about was how I was going to turn this gig into the biggest radio show Sirius XM had ever seen.
0: Yeah. And so that was what like f- 15 years or something like that 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 show was running right the jason l show yeah
2: yeah but right when that happened like my father died and then my little brother died and he's 24 oh. you know and it was a lot of shock and you know i did a lot of growing up a lot of soul search and i was pretty freaked the fuck out you know a lot of stuff hit me hard and my, my girlfriend got pregnant like i did a lot of growing up in a crazy period of time. And I was probably going to go crazy, but instead I had a radio show. I just talked about it all. Mm. And I feel like when I talked about it, people were relating because there's so many people out there that have had so many terrible things happen to them in their lives. Mm. So then for me to be on the radio, you know, being funny and being, you know, positive, doing having a lot of accomplishments but also being a fucking loser, emotional, depressed, fucking. You know, I've been, I've shot up heroin, like I've done all these terrible things. But I'm still here, and I'm and I'm kicking. And I feel like everybody was like, "Wow, man, I my brother died, my yeah, mum died." Right. My, like that's the other thing. You think you're all alone? It, it, the world is fucked up, man. It, everybody's yeah. everybody's lost somebody or had a really bad thing happen to them, and those people become strong fans because yeah. of that they're like this dude's not bullshit and this is like a real thing and that was a rare thing at the time so it grew pretty quick
0: yeah it's just understanding that it's if it's possible for this guy that i'm listening to on sirius xm every day to get past these crazy things that have happened in his life that maybe it's possible for me too and um, um yeah that relatability is so powerful man it's obviously part of who you are and um, you know, you've kind of built your, I guess, quote unquote, personal brand around being the ultimate version of you. And then, you know, letting that do its job, meaning like the people who don't like you, it's like, okay, great, go somewhere else then. But the people who do like you and the people who do relate with you can at least relate to the 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 problems that you've had in life and then can see a path to success for themselves out of that. Uh, which, I, which I think is super cool. Um,
2: the other thing is I, f- I feel like I talk to a, a, a giant amount of people that don't understand another giant chunk of people that I just happen to be both. So I feel like mm. as uncomfortable as it is, I think, for a lot of my listeners, and some people probably stop listening, me talking about my sexual preferences and stuff like that is something that is very important to me as in... Getting you know jimmy and 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 fucking Johnny out there to realize that just cause people do stuff with the same sex, to, like it, like it's just a normal thing and and we all need to get past it. So I feel like the more I bring that up and coming from my background where it's supposed to not make any sense that I would be like that, well, fucking guess what it does. Like they don't you don't have to be a lady guy to be into. And like you can, you know, and it's not weird. It's not bad. Yeah. Right. So everyone who's out there, who's like me, who's hiding it, fucking get over it. It's not bad. We're not bad. We're not bad people. It's not bad what we do.
0: And that's again, the expression of who you are at your core, which I think is what allows you to lead the life that, that, that you live, you know, and I've I've read some stuff about what you said about your own internal happiness. And that's why you come, you say that kind of stuff and you're totally bold about the things that you feel um, on the inside, because, expressing those things makes you live in congruency with who you believe yourself to be. And I, I believe that people that are out of flow or out of touch with themselves are, are people that are just kind of floating throughout life, living for other people and end up being the least happy and least fulfilled people that you know, even though they might be quote unquote, culturally normal or whatever the hell that even means, right? So it's it's funny you say that because I, I grew up extremely religious. So I always had a total aversion to anything like that. And really any opinion that was different than the opinion that I held. And so like, like I, you know, I graduated kindergarten, eighth grade, high school and college on the same 20 acre campus. So like one big bubble that I grew up in. So similarly, I, you know, when I graduated, I had to grow up pretty quickly and had to figure out life pretty quickly or else I was going to head down a path. That um, that I didn't see as being congruent with who I felt I was, uh, you know, supposed to be at the time. So, again, appreciate any time where I went across somebody like you who who lives lives out loud in that in that context because it provides the opportunity for other people to do the same. So, moving a little bit into the fighting stuff that that you've done. oh, actually, I, I, before I, before I do that, I want to ask you how the podcasting stuff is going because I know SiriusXM basically cut everything off and you were left to figure everything out on your own um and but i'm curious though to hear because the way that you live your life is definitely one of somebody who likes autonomy and freedom and so i'm curious now to hear what your experience has been owning your career instead of having like you know some executive at Sirius owning that and like telling you you got to be here you got to do this or set up in your trailer for this live show because you said that you were going to do it and blah 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 whereas now you can kind of just do whatever the hell you want to do like talk to me about that experience I mean if
2: if this is my career and it and it starts paying the same amount of bills that the Sirius XM show was paying then it's a billion times better but right now it's not the same amount of money that's for sure
0: yeah yeah, you're in the back into the the building phase at the moment. You
2: gotta start all over again, man, which is crazy when you get older and you know, I know I don't feel fifty, but I am fifty this year and just to have them do that out of nowhere without really
0: any I don't know how I was supposed to see that coming. Yeah, uh, right. And you didn't even get a chance to like tell your listeners that was happening or anything, right? No, so you yeah. know, and they're not one to tell people where I am. So
2: it's like a rebuild, but at the same time we are you know I mean? Real rebuild a show that I built on Sirius XM wasn't for them. I wouldn't have it wouldn't sure. have had the you wouldn't have got Tully wouldn't have, you know, no, Kevin, none of this shit would have happened. So sure, yeah. I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I believe that uh, the product is good enough to rise to the top in the podcast world as well. I think worst case scenario, it's good enough to uh, pay the rent, Yeah, the rest is, you know, I'm ready to put in the work, but it's that's not to me. It's not about the money, you know. That 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 has been a thing that at one point that was what I was good with. Because if you do work in the radio world, then you don't get to be out there with the rest of the people. You don't Mm -hmm. you don't have the same promotional stuff that the rest of the people in this work have. But you know what? I get paid way more than all you guys. I get health and dental. It doesn't even matter if anybody listens to me anymore. I'm not sure I even fucking care anymore. I get paid tons of money to not pay attention to how it's all going everywhere else. Yeah, so I right. felt like I was definitely getting into that because I don't like watching other people build and create more than me. I yeah. get jealous. And I felt like that was so obviously happening. yeah, like we don't have any fucking video you know like there was never you know I mean just straight up shows of like stuff that I'm watching videos of in Instagram of people's podcasts where I'm like I said that I said that like <laughs> 7 years ago hell he's the guy now that gives everybody I'm like fuck man why didn't you guys put a video out <laughs> now now you know It's only been nine episodes and I I already see little clips where I'm like, yeah, Yeah. like that, man. That's, you know.
0: I was going to say, well, I mean, like you're doing it well, bro. Like your show is literally built to, to, you know, thrive in an independent content creation space, like podcasting or like YouTube. I will
2: say that is probably the most out of all the people that have shows on Sirius XM. If they did that to some other people, it would be, you'd be fucking them over even harder. Cause yeah that we do have a visual. Expect we've always had a visual thing that we we've kind of just had. Like I've had pink punch me in the face 15 years ago. Nobody even knows that happened. Imagine if I did it now, people would shit a brick. Oh yeah, back then nobody viral. There wasn't even a.
0: I'm so old. Wasn't even a term. Yeah, that just was talking about diseases only. Yeah and I was, I was thinking that when I was listening to that Dr. Drew episode, because, um, all I could think of was you guys playing Pictionary and shocking the shit out of each other with dog shot collars. And I was like, ah, I should be watching this right now. And, uh, so like, I mean, you, you guys' show is set up to have those types of clips that, that do, you know, make their rounds around, around the internet, especially because you, you already have the big name and the credibility and all that stuff. So I, I think it's going to be a much easier road this time around than it was the first time. And uh, I think it's only a matter of time, man. Like you're, you're always, obviously doing all the right things. You got all the right people that are that are coming on the show. So um, I, I'm excited to see where you end up taking it. Yeah, I think it'll work out too. Yes, sir. So I, I got to ask you this question, man, because I mean, we've done almost 600 episodes of the podcast and every guest that I've ever brought on the show, I've asked this question to. Uh, so humor me for a second. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important. Which one of those two do you view as being more important asset in life? <laughs> Why? The fuck? What you know. The
2: fuck who you know. Fuck everybody. <laughs> who you know. What is that? So what, I can get bottle service? Get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs>
2: well, what you what? know, man. What you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've seen... Both of like through our conversation just now, like I've seen both of those pop up in your story a little bit, you know, like even just saying, you know, the what you know is what prompted somebody to reach out to you with the XM thing. But then the who you know, you know, you straight up said that it was Tony Hawk that made the introduction to get you onto Sirius XM. So that case, it was a who you know that led to the opportunity, but he wouldn't have thought of you if you didn't have the what. So kind of a little bit of both.
2: I mean, I see how you can make that argument and keep twisting it into who you know, what you know, all ties in together. But what you know that I built by myself, what I know is what got me everywhere in life. And who I know is, except for my, my relatives, all the people that I know are from what I, did, what I learned. Like, how did I know Tony Hawk? Because of what I, ma- what I taught myself. And yep. when he saw me, he was like, that's somebody who's been doing the same thing I've been doing for a very <laughs> long time. Very easy to be friends and very easy to trust each other because we're we're skateboarders. We're vert skateboarders, vert skateboarders. Yep. The, without that many of us, we fucking know each other.
0: Yeah. Like, you you know, you know who put in the work and who didn't put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, bro. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're a busy dude and you got a lot of things going on, uh, but it was a pleasure having you on the show here for a little bit. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And uh, I look forward to seeing the success, continued success of the Jason Ellis show now owned and totally controlled by Jason Ellis himself. So I'm excited to see where, uh, where that continues to take off to.
2: And me too. I've already done, I think three things that I wouldn't be allowed to do on series. Perfect. Already taken advantage
0: of the opportunity.
2: Just spat, uh, I just spat fire over Kevin's balls while he was doing a headstand in my wife's underwear.
0: <laughs> Wait, Sirius wouldn't let you do that?
2: <laughs> they don't? No. Oh, oh hey, Sirius, I'm going to breathe fire? No. No, they would not let me do that.
0: Yeah, just stop there. You even have to go to the rest after breathe fire. Yeah.
2: yeah I'm going to breathe fire over another employee's testicles. But don't worry. I've done it one time before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be okay. Just sign here. Yeah, no, yeah. no they would. Not.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've already. Th- I think I already asked them. So no, I know the answer is no.
0: Oh man, well cool, bro. I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll let you know when this when this goes out, and uh, and and definitely, definitely, we'll try to send all the love that we can over over to the podcast and help as much as we can. I appreciate it, mate. Thanks for having right. me.